everybody, and welcome to episode three of the Football Fig Nuts podcast. I am Britt. I'm Craig. And we are here today to talk about running backs for the upcoming 2017 fantasy football season. If you listen to episode one, you heard right off the bat, I am very scared of this discussion. There is nothing on this list that I am like, this guy's a blue chipper. You're going to be super happy. I am scared to death. Craig, you've looked at this list. What is your first impressions of the uh, running back core in 2017? Um, It's going to be pretty much the guys from last year. With the exception of DeMarco Murray. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe there's some surprises there. But what's not a surprise is that Craig and I both have beer. Craig, what are you drinking today? I am drinking a, uh, how do you pronounce this? Narragansett? Shandy. Narragansett. There you I think. go. I, I, I apologize. It's a that. lemon shandy. Yes, Dell Shandy. If you're familiar if you're familiar with Rhode Island, you know about Dell's Lemonade. And if you're familiar with Narragansett, you probably know about Dell's uh, Shandy. So... I am drinking an Espressway. It's a coffee stout by Two Roads. Two Roads, again, if you're listening, we love you. Um, one of my personal favorites. Don't really reach for it all that much, but it's really good. And it's good on an early Saturday afternoon when you want to do some podcasting. So, right to it. So, much like in the quarterback rankings, there are three names that rise right to the top of pretty much everybody's list going into 2017. Um, I'm gonna, Craig, you don't have the list right in front of you. Top three running backs off the top of your head. Go. I guarantee you get all three. Bell, Johnson, and I don't know. Third's, third's kind of rough for me. Is it Elliot? It is Elliot. Elliot. Um, so let's Elliot. start there. David Johnson, injured last year, worried about him. Everybody says he's fine. Everybody says he's going to be fantastic. His head coach has come out and said he is too young to be on a snap count, which makes everybody drool like he's going to get 40 carries a game. Um, he had 373 touches last year. So if he doesn't going, if he doesn't get hurt, he should have a massive season and he should be the most productive, uh, running back in the NFL in terms of fantasy points. Um, he actually has an easier than most schedule. He has the seventh easiest schedule among running backs. Uh, and, and I think he, he could produce my concern is durability and health. Craig, what are your thoughts on David Johnson? Um, David Johnson is is in Arizona, so he does play in the heat. Yes. My thing with Arizona is I feel like everyone on that team gets hurt at least twice a season. From Palmer to him to Fitzgerald. Well, here's the thing. Who else on that team isn't already in the latter half to quarter of their career? Fitzgerald is getting older. Palmer's getting older. Um, then they have An- Anquan Bolden last year. Yeah. So, I mean, that he's the young gun on an older team. So I, I kind of see why that would happen. And don't forget, they do play indoors. They're that, they're that stadium that's got the fancy field that rolls literally out true, into true. the, uh, into the, the parking lot, mm-hmm. which uh, here is really cool. Um, I'm not worried. It, yes, they get injured a lot. Arizona has a very high powered offense, very talented, but they do get hurt a lot. And that is a major concern. And that, so like I said in the, in the first podcast and at the opening of this, you're going to hear a lot of concerns from me about guys that we talk about today. There's always there's, there's always a worry for somebody on my list. So, um, Le'Veon Bell, I, he's still young. He's 25 right now, I think. Um, he was top 12 in uh, PPR leagues in 11 of the 12 games he played. Um, my big concern with Le'Veon Bell is he seems to like to skirt 
is a good word, the NFL substance abuse policy. And I just feel like at any given time, a four-game suspension could just come out of the blue. You could be in week four or five, and all of a sudden, it's announced Le'Veon Bell is going to miss four or five games because of the substance issues. Um, you know, I mean, availability really is a concern. I mean, he has missed multiple games. In, he's, this is, this is, he's going into his fifth season. He's missed multiple games in two of the four. One was due to injury. One was due to suspension. But he's missed games already. At 25, being one of the best running backs in the league, you can't be missing games that regularly. Your thoughts on Le'Veon Bell? Uh, pretty much the same thing. He is consistent as far as points go. He's not as injury prone as some other running backs. And he's one of Pittsburgh's main weapons. And just to toss on there, as far as uh, defense against running backs, Pittsburgh has a bad schedule this year. There is only one team in the league who has a worse schedule against running backs, and that is San Francisco, who nobody cares about anyway. Um, well, I remember I when they were good. Do, do I? You mean like the 80s? Yeah. Or are you talking about like their brief run in like the 90s when they... With like, Steve Young. Steve Young and, and the Joe Montana era, yeah. That feels like a long time ago. But here's the thing. When they were good, who was the running back on those teams? Why did my brain just blank? Because I know who it is. Because they're insignificant. Because it was always Montana to Rice. Always Young to Rice. It was never, you know, oh my God, they have a dominant running back. I mean, you say San Francisco running back during that era, and the first name that comes to my mind is Ricky Waters. And he, I don't even think he won a championship with them. I don't think he did. Ricky Waters. My God, where did that just come from? a throwback. From? Seriously, is Ricky Waters dead? I'm going to look that up. Okay. There's another one. <laughs> Craig's on that. So that's accidentally becoming a, a trend in our podcast as well. So, well, Craig's looking up Ricky Waters' status, and I sincerely hope he is alive and well. Um, number th- The number three on my list is Ezekiel Elliott. Why is Ezekiel Elliott number three? He's actually number two on a lot of lists. I've seen him number one on a, one or two lists. My issue with Ezekiel Elliott, last week I was listening to... Um, Guru in the Morning on Sirius XM. Highly recommend his show. Highly recommend his site, fantasyguru.com. And uh, he was talking to Adam Schechter from ESPN. And they started talking about Ezekiel Elliott and this whole domestic violence thing. And while the criminal investigation is closed, that does not mean that the NFL can't still investigate and still do stuff. And the impression I got listening to their conversation was the NFL is not done looking at this. So now you've got this guy who's going into his second year. The sophomore slump thing comes into question. And there's a possibility he may miss games because the NFL's policies are actually way stricter than the common law. He could lose time simply because the NFL thinks he violated the conduct policy. I mean, we saw it, we saw it with Tom Brady. We saw it with the whole deflate gate thing. Um, it, it came down to a matter of there's... There's some proof there. There's some evidence there, but it's not like conclusive. And again, all the New England fans just stood up and used and started screaming at me that I'm wrong. Um, Basically, the NFL suspension on Tom Brady came down to where there's smoke, there's fire. And could they go that route with Ezekiel Elliott? And if they do, is he going to miss four to six games because they think there was a domestic violence incident? And how does that affect his fantasy value? When did that happen? Was it last year or was it after the season? I remember the accusations came out like at the beginning of last year. 
I think it was sometime, the actual incident happened sometime between his drafting and the opening of mini camps, but I could be wrong on that. Um, and, and, and the woman involved, you know, backed down it, you know, she, she didn't press charges and she was very straightforward in saying, no, she wasn't even the one who called if I remember correctly. And I could be getting this wrong too. So please forgive me if I am, but it was a family member in the house who heard them arguing, who called the cops. Mm. And when the cops showed up, you know, a lot of States have very strict laws about domestic violence and rightfully so. So once the cops show up, if they judge any risk to a party in the house, arrests happen sometimes. So I think that that's what happened in this case. And then when they looked at it and they looked at all the members involved, they said there's no criminal charge here, which is what I understand the final conclusion was. There was no criminal charge. But the NFL doesn't care about that. The NFL is all about the image and what they perceive and the branding. So they can still suspend him. So this has been going on for over a year. And does it hurt his value can you draft this guy and let's keep in mind running backs go early so if if i have him at two or three on my list then he is probably in the top five picks but almost guarantees in the top five picks can you draft somebody that early that may or may not play a whole season i would go with maybe it depends i guess it depends on your position and who's left so let's 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 play this out you're in a 10 to 12 team draft snake draft regular run off the mill you're drafting third and johnson and bell go what do you do do you go ezekiel elliott do you go one of the the blue chip wide receivers and hope you get somebody on the comeback i mean you're drafting third that means you're drafting what 16th on the way back yeah i would i would grab aj green or uh what's his name in pittsburgh antonio brown thank you yeah that's that's a decent pick that's a, you know that's probably and I think a lot of people would do that now now take it out of this the NFL comes out tomorrow and says Ezekiel Elliott is free and clear there's no suspension possible at this time does he now go third to you yes see that's why I think it, that's that's the big question I'm also worried about the sophomore slump I really am you know there's a lot of tape on him now not that there wasn't a lot of tape on him but it was college tape and that is different there's a lot of tape on him now I think he is going to have a slightly um, Slightly less good year. That's not good English, but hey. Grammar. Grammar. It's funny. I was listening to Weird Al's Word Crimes this morning, too. It just came up on my my, my shuffle, and it's kind of funny. Now I'm babbling into a microphone. So. Wow, that's another Weird Al reference. That's like the third one I've heard this week. That's the first one on our podcast, though. So. It is. Hey, Weird Al, if you ever listen to our podcast, we'd love to have you on, by the way. Just saying. You know. Just saying. Or do a song. Or do a, or give Yeah, if you give us permission to use Word Crimes whenever I screw things up, Craig would blare it every time I mess up something, but... Anyway, moving along because we do have a limited amount of time. That to me is your first tier, is those big three. And then you fall off the first cliff to a sub-ledge that has to me four through nine on it. Those guys are Devontae Freeman, Jay Ajayi, Melvin Gordon, LaShawn McCoy, Jordan Howard, Todd Gurley. So Craig, of four through nine, those names I just read off, who are you looking at if you have to take one of those guys? If I have to take one. You have to take one of them, and those are the best guys available. Which one are you going for? I'm going to go with Gurley. Okay, so Todd Gurley had a really disappointing 2016. He did. I had him in um, some weeks. You know, I have heard people blame uh, Jeff Fisher. I have heard people blame the offensive Didn't scheme. Didn't he get fired? Yes, Fisher is gone. Um, I actually heard one expert say, I underestimated how bad Jeff Fisher is at coaching. Oh, and for a guy who's like Fisher's been coaching for probably like 15, 20 years. I mean, at it's least not like, yeah, he was with the like Titans for a long time. 
Right. He was with the Titans forever. I mean, so I was, I thought that was very harsh personally, but um, I like Gurley as well. He's coming off that bad year and that scares me, but I, I like him on that list. I'll tell you, I'm just going to run down really quickly. Devontae Freeman. I think the departure of Kyle Shanahan is going to hurt their game. I think he's going to have a little bit of a step back. Um, so I, I'm worried about the Atlanta offense in general. Jay Ajayi plays for the Miami Dolphins. Let me say Period. that again. Jay Ajayi <laughs> plays for the Miami Dolphins. If I'm a defensive coordinator going against Miami, I am willing to let Ryan Tannehill try to beat me with his arm and stacking the box because I know Jay Ajayi can bust off runs. We saw it. He's extremely streaky. Um, I'm downgrading him for seasonal, but you're going to, if you listen to this podcast consistently, you're going to hear his name come up because there's going to be weeks where he's going to be an excellent daily fantasy play. I'm just not sold on him on the season long. I've heard a lot of folks say this is a big big breakout year and he's going to be a top five back. I'm not sold on it yet. Melvin Gordon. I loved Melvin Gordon last year. Loved him. He drops the ball way too often, in my opinion. He seems to take plays off. Um, you know, I still think he's going to be the primary running back in... in what is now the LA Chargers, um, but I still That's have so concerns. weird. And I, I keep going to say San Diego. It's I know so weird to say out loud. It's going to take me forever to get it. But uh, so I have concerns there. But he has a lot of upside. So Jay Ajayi and Melvin Gordon are great mid-round mid-pack choices. I think they have a lot of potential upside, but they also have a lot of potential downside. Lashawn McCoy is 116 years old. Um, <laughs> He, he, he is the RB1 there now. Mike Gillespie is in New England, so there's no competition there. But he is getting older. Um, you know, I've heard experts say, don't worry about workload with him. He's going to be able to manage it. He's got plenty. He's always been a volume back. I don't know that LaShawn McCoy stays healthy all year. Um, I know he was on and off the reports last year, which is how Gillespie got more carries. But I don't know off the top of my head if he actually missed games. He might have missed a game or two. He probably did. Yeah. We'll have to look that up. Yeah, we'll have to look oh, and that just up. so you know, um, Mr. Waters is alive. Well, that's fantastic. We're two for two. Yep. I'm... Oh, and um, with San Francisco running backs, yes. Garrison Hurst. He didn't win a championship with them, did he? Did he? That, I'll look that up. He was after that. It was, he played from, what, 97 to 2003? My God, Garrison Hurst might have a ring? Maybe. I Let's look it up. I forgot Lawrence Phillips was there for a while. Somebody brought up Lawrence Phillips this Isn't week. Isn't he in jail? No, he he is dead. Oh. Lawrence Phillips passed, yeah. That's right. I believe he died in jail. That's terribly sad. But, um, you know, and not not singling out Lawrence Phillips, but San Francisco running backs tend to be relatively forgettable. You know, I mean, go ahead. While you're just sitting there doing the research, mm-hmm. find out who the years that San Francisco won the championship, who their running back was. I guarantee it's going to be guys that you were like, we know the name, but they're not like standout guys. So, okay. Um, all right. So that was the McCoy, Jordan Howard, Jordan Howard plays for the Chicago bears. Again, Jordan Howard plays for the Chicago bears. I plan on them playing from behind a lot this year. Um, now that being said, they do have an easier schedule for running backs. I'm excited about that schedule, but it, I, I just don't see Jordan Howard being super, super productive this year. He worries me a little bit. Now, again, he could be. If the Bears are in close games, they're going to run the ball. That's kind of the way the Bears operate, uh, particularly with uh, the new quarterback. Who's the quarterback in? Why am I drawing a blank on this? 
I'm only halfway through my first beer. Who's the quarterback there? Is it McCown? You're going to make me look that up, too. Who the hell is a quarterback? Is it Hoyer? Anyway, I, I'm not... I, as much as I dislike Jake Cutler, I thought Jake Cutler was okay for the Bears. I don't think Jordan Howard's going to have a really big year. So, like I said, there's 10 guys, and I've given you something to worry about with all 10. Now, here's the honest-to-God fact. I'm going to be wrong about seven or eight of these guys. I'm going to be wrong. David Johnson's going to be completely healthy. Ezekiel Elliott's not going to get suspended. Le'Veon Bell's going to stop smoking pot. Whatever it is, I'm going to be completely wrong about the majority of these guys. The question is, which one of these guys am I wrong about? Which one do you want to take the risk on? So for me, if I have to pick off of this list, I'm eyeballing David Johnson, Jay Ajayi, and Melvin Gordon. Because I think those are the guys who are most likely going to have the strong upside. Once you get past that list, once you get into that third tier, you start to get into some unfamiliar names. Um, well, you get some, some, you get a combination of both, to be honest. DeMarco Murray, which we all know, he's going to be 30 years old this year. So there's always that concern. You know, 30 seems to be the magic number for many running backs. Um, Leonard Fournette is a rookie. Lamar Miller's name is on this list. I didn't know Lamar Miller was still in the league. Um, oh, yeah, that's right. He's in Houston. I forgot. Okay, anyway, so Lamar Miller. Um, and then there's um, Christian McCaffrey, who I want to talk a little about, bit about Craig. Christian McCaffrey in Carolina. Fascinating pick. Have you seen this kid? Not too much. Okay. He's small. Mm-hmm. He runs like a pinball, in my opinion. This again, just my opinion. And he he's got catch he can he can catch passes. He's Ed McCaffrey's son. Just to make oh, you feel old. This thanks. is Ed McCaffrey's son. And yep. he kind of played in college, like he was one of those guys like I'll line up anywhere but quarterback kind of guys. So, so he's like you, Cordell Stewart, but not a quarterback. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. And he could catch passes, he could run routes, he could carry the ball. He's hard to tackle, he's low to the ground, his ball control is good, but his size leaves concerns because we all know the NFL isn't isn't sometimes about big hits and rattling people, but most of the time when it comes to running backs, it's isolate, contain, wait for help. And that's where I think Christian McCaffrey, you know, in college, he could shake off a solo tackler. But in college, those guys were going for his midsection. They were trying to take him down. These guys in the NFL are going to try and wrap up your legs and say, huh, try getting rid of all 300 pounds of me while I wait for somebody to come help me. And oh, and by the way, you are now a sitting duck for that second guy. So he's going to launch. And you're going to either drop that ball or you're going to get a concussion or you're going to end up in next week. So there's that. If he stays healthy, he could help Cam Newton a great deal. So he's intriguing to me. I don't know that he's worth a top 10 pick. I have him at 13 on my list. A top 10 amongst running backs, I should say. And and he, I've seen people rate him as, lot, as high as an RB2. Um, is that what Cam needs? Is that what was wrong in, in Carolina last year? Is, is that the answer? Is a running back who can get the ball quickly and really scare defenses? Or are they just going to stack the box and wait to see which one of them handles the ball and just kill that guy? Yeah, Cam needs someone to dump the ball off to because he can't do the whole thing by himself. Which is what I think they're looking at McCaffrey for. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah, so I mean, and they have a soft schedule against uh, for running backs. They do too. Let's talk about the other running back uh, rookie I mentioned briefly, Leonard Fournette. Fifth easiest running back schedule 
I have him at number 11 between DeMarco Murray and Lamar Miller. Um, I did not, I'll be honest, I don't watch a ton of college football. I didn't see a lot of this kid, but I hear really, really great things. And I hear that he is trying really hard to integrate into the pass game. So they're saying, well, he may not catch a ton of, ball, a ton of balls, but he may catch two or three a game. And if you're a PPR, that's got to raise his value considerably because that's an extra five to six points right there. At least. You know, I mean, if he catches three passes a game for 20 yards, even dump offs. And what if he breaks off? You know, he could be gone and you could have like passing touchdowns out of this guy. So based on the limited amount of information we have for Fournette and McCaffrey, you got to pick one of those guys. Which I'm one going are you going McCaffrey. with? You're going McCaffrey. Why? I think he's going to be more of a dangerous combo with Cam next to him. I think that's probably true. I mean, um, Leonard Fournette is in Jacksonville, and Blake Bortles is no slouch, except his mechanics seem to be getting worse instead of better. Yeah, remember he's, two years ago, he was like the guy to have. And Especially then, in daily. Yeah. In 2015, we used him in daily frequently, um, and he paid off a great deal to the point where um, one of the folks you'll hear from, one of the other fig nuts that has not come on the show yet, Sean, um, loved him every single week. Every single week, Sean wanted to start Blake Bortles in our daily lineup. Um, and we use a consensus pool approach, and Sean was routinely voted down throughout 2016. Oh, Blake Bortles is going to be great. He's going to be able to do this. No, no, he's not. No, he's not. And he has this weird motion. His motion just seems to get weirder instead of cleaner and more compact. Like, I was watching, somebody was doing a side-by-side video comparison of Blake Bortles versus Matt Stafford. And Matt Stafford goes from like holding the ball to wind up to release in under like a second, like 0.7 seconds. He's holding the ball and then 0.7 seconds later, it's out of his hand. Blake Bortles takes that long just to wind up. Really? And he, and his angle is weird. It's almost like a three quarter angle. And I don't understand it. The guy's got all the physical tools in the world, but I just, something about his delivery just does not seem clean or right to me. And it's going to affect the value of the team. Yeah. Unless he's injured. Somehow. I don't even know who backs that team up. Who's number two on the depth chart? I don't know. We'll look it up. In Jacksonville. <laughs> look that because I don't know. So um, beyond that, we're already into number 15 on our list. Um, and we're into the RB2s. I'm not going to spend too much time here. Some notable names up here. Isaiah Crowell um, has a tough schedule. Cleveland has a difficult schedule against for running backs. Frank Gore is still playing, um, and this is this is weird. Are you ready? He was for this? also a 49er. He was also a 49er. Very good point. Um, can you can you tell me the last time Frank Gore did not play 16 games in a season? Did not play 16. Did games? not. Here's the here's your trivia question of the day. Frank Gore has played 16 games in a season for consecutive years. Name the last NFL season where Frank Gore missed a game due to injury. Mm, 2011? 2010. Wow. He has played six straight seasons without missing time. That is amazing for a guy who is, is, is seems to be ageless. But here's the problem. He's still in Indianapolis. They don't have a lot of support around him. Um, you know, I mean, they've got the passing game. I have concerns about Dante Moncrief this year in the passing game. We'll talk about him in another podcast. I just have concerns that they're not going to be that, that that Frank Gore is going to be a sitting duck at times in the backfield. 
So behind him, CJ Anderson. I have nothing to say about CJ Anderson. I don't know what to make of CJ Anderson from year to year. I've had him in my teams. I don't know what to under, I don't know what to make of him. I'll take Frank Gore and Isaiah Crowell over CJ Anderson simply because I know what I'm getting. Mm-hmm. So next in the list is a name that I, I just I shudder would even say it. Um, it's kind of like in Young Frankenstein when you'd say Frau Blucher. Exactly, and the horses would go nuts. Carlos Hyde. What do you do with Carlos Hyde? I've never had him. That's probably a good thing. Um, He tends to miss time. Mm -hmm. Um, He had some decent numbers, but again, new coach in town in San Francisco. I believe this is the last year of his rookie deal. So if this is the end, if this is a contract year for him, there's a lot of incentive for him to go out there and play well. So if you're San Francisco and you're already not sold on this guy, you want to go ahead and let himself run himself into the ground. Go ahead, carry the ball 30 times a game and go get a huge paycheck somewhere else because you're going to help us this year in the meantime. That's the way I'd have to look at it. I I just, I've had him on teams. The reliability just isn't there. So I'm probably skipping him. The question is, would I skip Carlos Hyde for my next name on my list, which is number 18, Marshawn Lynch. Before I I get Craig's opinion on Marshawn Lynch, I just want to mention that his ADP is ridiculous. I'm pulling it up on my computer right now. Or no, I'm not, because or I did not. not bother to connect to the Wi-Fi, and that is my oh, fault. Oh, boy. Okay. Well, needless to say, I've, I've heard from multiple people the ADP is way too high. Some people have him as high as, like, 15 or top 10 running back. For a guy who sat out all of last year, I think he's going to have a decent season. I think he's a he's third gonna down. He's going to score a lot. He's going to score. He's not going to get a lot of yards. I think I said in podcast one, 25 carries for like 18 touchdowns. He's going to carry a lot of short yardage and a lot of goal line situations. And good for him that he's he can do that. But um, So there's your question. So Carlos Hyde, the great question mark, or Marshawn Lynch, the greater question mark. Who do you go with? I would go with Lynch just for the touchdown value. Because you know it's going to be there. You know the Raiders need that goal line touchdown. So past him, we're really starting to dig. Um, then it's sleeper time. <laughs> then it's sleeper time. So just to round out my top 20, I've got Amir Abdullah at 19 and uh, Powell at 20. I don't have faith in any of them. So so looking at this list, I've given you 20 reasons to doubt 20 different players. So when it comes down to running backs this year, Good luck to you. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm probably drafting my first running back in like the eighth or ninth round and just taking whatever's sitting out there because I'll probably feel better with somebody in that range than I will with somebody above it. So, you know, I may start Joe Mixon at uh, running back this year. I mean, we didn't even talk about Adrian Peterson or any of those guys. So, Craig, your sleeper. My sleeper is the man you just mentioned. Adrian Peterson. No, no. One back. Joe Mixon? Yeah. Really? Explain. Well, he was the man in Oklahoma. Um, he had almost seven yards per rush and almost 14 yards per catch. So he does do both. I know he had some off-field issues in the middle of his college career, mm-hmm. which is why he dropped down so far. Right. Um, but Giovanni Bernard had an ACL injury last year, and Jeremy Hill isn't. His average in the last two seasons is under four yards a carry. And mm-hmm. he's not big. He's little. He's more of a speed guy. Okay. So he could possibly have a really big year, depending on which Andy Dalton shows up. And that's kind of where my sleeper pick of the year comes. My sleeper pick is going to be Paul Perkins in New York. 
Um, there's a lot of chatter that Eli may be done. Like the best Eli is gone. Um, that's a shame to me because I've never been a big Eli guy to begin with. Uh, the guy plays really great in the Super Bowl. Does he beat the Patriots twice? Twice. Twice. Oh, sorry, the New Englanders. There's eh, there is okay. there is a bunch of guys in blue jerseys and foam Patriot heads outside of Craig's door right now with pitchforks and flaming torches. Um, if he is decent this year, I think the addition of Brandon Marshall is going to be helpful. I mean, just think about it. If you have if you have good Eli Manning throwing to Brandon Marshall and Odell Beckham, how do you stack the box against Paul Perkins? How? That's a good question. You have That's a reliable be hard to do. runner. You have one a reliable route runner. There we go again. Weird Al. We need to be able to play word crimes there. Um, you've got Odell Beckham Jr., whose hair catches more passes than anyone else on the wide receiver list. As long as he's not proposing the Nets, let's hope to God that doesn't happen this year. <laughs> I don't know what we're gonna do. We got to do wide receivers as our next podcast. I don't know what to make of Odell Beckham yet. I'm gonna make a snap decision on that, but I, I think he could be good. So. Um, okay, so follow-up question. So there's a lot of names that we didn't discuss. Folks who were top 10 last year or top 15 projected last year who are simply not being discussed now. Names like, well, Jamal Charles slash Spencer Ware. Now it's just Spencer Ware there. LeGarrette Blunt, Mike Gillisley, Jonathan Stewart, Doug Every Other Year Martin, as the fantasy guru likes to call him, Matt Forte, uh, even D- Darren Sproles or Latavius Murray. So, Craig, mm-hmm. which of the fallen heroes can have a bounce back year? I'm going to go with Matt Forte. Forte with the woeful Jets because he's is he even still there. <laughs> yes, he's. Um, I don't know who else is on their offense. Someone has to handle the ball. <laughs> well, but does that does that mean stacked boxes? I mean, are. So Maybe. you're a defensive coordinator, and you're looking at Matt Forte or Quincy Anua, and who are you afraid of more? That's who's a valid quarterback point. in New York now? That's a valid point. Uh, New York? Yeah, who's the Jets um, quarterback? I don't even know. Josh McGown. Is it really? Yes. Okay, then I, I don't know who they're playing week one, but if you're listening, put 14 men in the box and take the penalty because there's no reason to guard. And in Chicago, it's Mike uh, Glennon is their quarterback. Mike Glennon. Oh, yeah. Mike the, the the Tampa Bay Mike Lennon, um, wasn't he in Tampa? Was he? Oh my god! I don't god. think so. <sighs> so and, and yet Dan Orlovsky can't get a starting gig. <laughs> I see. I just I don't get it. Anyway, all right. Well, anyway, so that's our our running back preview. As always, um, you can contact us a variety of different ways. We are at FignutsDFS on uh, Twitter. Uh, our email is fignutsdfs at gmail.com. You can also contact us through our Facebook page, which is the Football Fignuts Podcast on Facebook. We're still kind of building that, so don't be shocked if you don't find it readily right away. But uh, we are getting there with that. Final thoughts on running backs this year, Craig. I make it sound like no matter what you do, you're you're screwed. So what are your thoughts you're screwed. on it? Um, I'd say draft one first because there's such a big drop-off okay. after the top five guys but then that's the same problem with wide receiver so pick your poison i would go to running back because there's more receivers you can find average receivers to give you consistent points a lot easier than a running back will 
See, I look at it differently. Running backs get hurts and guys emerge. And I look at all these guys, that list of names I read off, like LeGarrette Bunt and Spencer Ware, that were going to be really good last year, and they've kind of trailed off into nothingness. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of look at it the other way, and that's new for me. That's new for me. I've never been a big wide Not receiver point. guy. But uh, we'll have to see. I mean, like, Giovanni Bernard was in the top 20 last year. He's number 48 on my list this year. He's broken. He's he's in bad shape. Jeremy Hill's at 55. Who's he's in your just... backfield? Are they both still in Cincy? Yeah. So Mixon's who... the number one technically right now. Hill is second. And Bernard's third because he's broken. Wait, wait, wait. Sims is number one? Mixon. Mix. Oh, Joe Mixon. I forgot about Joe Mixon. Okay, well, good luck with that. Um, It'll be something. Do your Bengals play my Chiefs this year? Uh, no. Oh, that's a damn shame. They're playing the NFC North. NFC North. Oh, that's not good. That's that division's going to be a little wild this year, I think. Yeah. You need somebody to be really bad in that division to, to have a good success against it. But anyway, we're rambling here. We're going to wrap it up. This was the Fig Nuts Football Podcast for uh, our third episode for the running back preview. Uh, We'll be back uh, with our wide receiver preview shortly. Thank you for joining us and keep listening. 